What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Joe, a.k.a. Joe, the Wellness Curator, and this is the Obsidian Mindset Podcast, where we are redefining what wellness means to you. I am so excited to talk about this book that me and none other than the book guru, Evan, read and analyzed for y'all. This book was called Black Food Geographies, Race, Self-Reliance, and Food Access in Washington, D.C. It was It's by an Ashante Reese. And it really, we were able to dive deep and look into food deserts, what that means. You know, I've in previous episodes, I think in last season, I spoke about what food deserts mean, but this book allowed us to really examine that label, why we use it, and is there any better terms such as food geographies? We also dive deep into black resilience and black agency and how those three things bounce off each other and interact with each other in some interesting ways. And also we discuss how food and certain areas that are inherently, you know, there's systemic inequalities, how due to black resilience, due to black agency, due to us coming together as a community to overcome some of that, how that portrays itself in other areas, not only about food. It was a really fun episode. We got to go through, discuss things that even pop culture and things that's going on now. Uh, Definitely take a listen and enjoy the episode. So once again, you know where to find me. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you want to be on, you have a topic to talk about, feel free to email me at joe at definedbyobsidian.com. You can also follow us on IG at The Obsidian Mindset. We're also on LinkedIn if you want to get on there. You know, we're on all the platforms. But before we jump into the episode, I also want to give a huge plug. I am so excited to announce that the Obsidian Wellness Club, which is an offset of Obsidian Mindset, is, is our wellness club. That's where we do all things wellness. We are using the space to create, to play, to experiment, to explore, but we'll get more into that later. But what we're doing as a group, and we're excited to invite you, is we're creating our first book club. It's called New Growth Book Club, and we are going to be reading our first book. The book is called Pause, Rest, Be by Octavia Rahim, and we're going to be discussing it on February 18th at 10 a.m. I'm going to put the Eventbrite and all the details in the show notes. Please sign up. Please come and read. We're going to have some uh, some chats before that. Probably going to do that live. We're going to have some prompts. So this is going to be a really exciting experience. We're also on Goodreads. We're on a few other platforms. So you're going to be able to find us. Did I mention LinkedIn? Yeah, we own LinkedIn too. Uh, so please, please, please sign up. Ask us any questions. You know where to email us. You know where to follow us. And really enjoy this conversation. All right. And here we go. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you for jumping in and coming with us to the Libraries Open. As you know, as you know, as you know, this is the Obsidian Mindset Podcast, where we are redefining what wellness means to you. And we have this segment called the Libraries Open with none other than Joe, the Wellness Curator. That's me. And Evan, say hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> um. I'm excited to discuss this time, we're going to be talking about food deserts. Um, This has been a topic, I think I mentioned in the first season briefly, um, but I definitely want to do a little deeper dive of what that means, what goes into food deserts, and we had a really good book. Uh, So Evan, can you let us know what the book was that we read and what it's about? Sure. So... For this month, we decided to read a book titled Black Food Geographies, Race, Self-Resilience, and Food Access in Washington, D.C. by um, the anthropologist named Ashante Reese. So, yeah, um, so we read it. 
and we'll talk about our reviews about it. But before we get into the reviews about it, uh, don't worry, it's not that bad. Uh, right. Before we get into the reviews about it, I'm just chuckling. The reason why the, I don't know what I'm saying. Before we get into that, I want to talk about what's the underlying things that are being discussed in the book and have some larger conversations about that. So before we get into the actual book, let's talk about what food deserts are and the scientific studies around it. So Evan, can you please walk us through that and give me and us some, give us a little nugget, some gem drops about what's going on. Cause okay. I'm confused. Sure. So many of us may have heard the term food desert and it's a, it, the, the term came around, <clears throat> some, came from some studies in 2006. Researchers did um, um, some um, trials in the city of Chicago where what they found out from their research, uh, from their data and research is that certain communities lacked a number of grocery stores in the area, hence the term food desert, uh, that these, uh, said community is X distance from a say a grocery store that serves, um, you know, healthy healthy uh, food options, produce and um, protein and such. So that's where the term came from. Now, what's interesting about this book is that Ashante Dr. Reese rather is challenging that um, concept because, for instance, Joe, when you hear the term desert, what do you think of? I hear, I think of sand. I think of I don't can't find I. I think I can't find any food or nourishment anywhere. I think of the mirage and the, you know, oh my gosh, I see oasis in the background, but I can't get to it. That's my thoughts of deserts and scorpions because so, uh, I'm a Scorpio. Okay, so it's <laughs> if we be an astrological sign, of course. So it sounds like you see a lot of space, right? And like, oh, yes. like you said, like outside of any such civilization, and that's what. Dr. Reese is saying that we can't, just because these communities don't have grocery stores doesn't mean that they have, don't have people, particularly communities of Black people, right? Uh, a community that we often know are underserved and forgotten. So to have food deserts is also saying that there are no, there's no civilization in San areas. Mm. And I think it's a very profound, you know, profound way to look at this term that we easily used because um, food desert is catchy right it's you know it, it provides a sense of understanding but it doesn't take into account the people in that community uh which is what she talks about in this book so dean wood washington i'm going to get into a little bit of the synopsis but that's okay yeah, yeah, yeah. so the um dean wood community it's um east of Washington, D.C., you know, what, what most people plan to visit. A small bl uh, Black community, but a number of um, individuals from the South migrated to Deanwood to establish, you know, a new civilization. Um, unfortunately, as, as so many things that we know in, in American history, there are a number of structural racist, um, racist um, systems in place that prevented uh. them from receiving a lot of their needs, one of which was um quality foods the foods you know basic produce that um that just helps us thrive you know and just access to that um and what dr reese explains to us is that through mainly black agency and black self-resilience we uh the community of deanwood was able to find ways to have some um have some means of you know produce that are actually beneficial um that are actually beneficial to the community and the individuals in that community can't the term she uses is black um well she uses the term food geographies geography mm -hmm. encompassing um the people um what the people do how do they manage around or through these issues that are at hand and she also talks about even though there are you know there are grocery stores in these communities however a number of accounts have been taught have uh, discussed the low quality of the foods that are there as well and she takes she not only gets this from research from the city and the state but she also has a number of personal anecdotes um from this um from the um residents of deanwood from past present past and the present to talk about you know their community and what they're doing to to live and to eat i love that i i think when you just when you were just when you were talking given that great synopsis the first thing I thought of mine is, you know, I've used the term food desert before, not thinking too much of it. Um, but now that you said that, it does feel like 
it was it is you know in so many ways of like people that are i want to say the higher powers but you've given a name to something without really asking the people there what's going on so food does it's like i don't see many people saying oh i live in a food desert right i think it's just more mm -hmm. of a label that are given to people that actually happen to live somewhere versus mm -hmm. and it seems like you've already given a negative connotation towards it before the person even gets to say actually we've been doing a lot of stuff to survive and we've been doing actually a lot of things in this community it's just that it's not up to what you consider um quote unquote livable or it's not up to uh your standard of what you're used to uh, and you kind of give it this feeling because even saying food the term food doesn't i like the way you asked me what that was you get this feeling of just like lost mm -hmm. um you get this feeling of i don't know how i'm going to survive this feeling of hopelessness versus food geography is like a neutral term it's just like every geography right. happens um there's no judgment on it like how do we work within that geography to make it thrive even more rather than saying it's already broken um and you guys live in a sucky situation what do we do from here correct and you were spot on when you said label it is a it is a label because you can say oh this area is a food desert and you you don't take into account so many of the things that make it say uh, that created to be a said food desert um like i said there are in um dean wood's example there were the closest for the, for the residents um like you know before our time like in the 1960s and 50s um the closest food the, the closest um grocery store that had for instance produce of good quality was 15 minutes close over uh, 15 minutes outside of Deanwood and what people would often do when they would go into the city for work they would stop at this grocery store get they would you get their needs and then drive back to their homes in Deanwood but when you think about it that's adding more time to their schedule that's taking away from time from their families you have to take into account preparation of food all refrigeration all these other you know it's taken away from essentially what um what's in the book is taking away from their quality of life because it would be a different situation if a a quality grocery store was you know five ten minutes away in addition again think about so many of the other problems that are at hand and, and i understand like we're speaking there are issues at, that are happening on a macro scale that we are trying to work at on a micro logical scale a micro social scale let me say but like on, also on the macro level um how many people in uh dean Wood, and at that time and even currently dean Wood has a lower uh, has a um an income level below um the average income level uh mm -hmm. below yeah the average salary level in the states that being said individuals may rely <clears throat> on public transportation they may rely on a limited means of transportation to get to these places that is another barrier to you know how can i <clears throat> to to accessing the food that they have and if you have if you're working um extended hours you do not want to add on another 30 minutes to 45 minutes you know to get food so it's a lot easier to just go to a safeway that's down the street that doesn't necessarily have what i want um and to get food there but the thing about black resilience is that we say we're going to find a way at any means necessary which is why the community did create two things a community market and a uh, community garden to essentially you know have a means of cleaner foods and healthier foods for their families and children that's a good point well, can you repeat those two things it's community they created a community market mm -hmm. the community market not only sold um you know like you know goods foods uh, but it was kind of think of like a well yeah i think like a farmer's market i was gonna say it's like farmers or like a flea market-esque yes they they sold more than just food um hence yeah that's why they considered a market compared to the garden that was actually fertilized from a number of resident uh deanwood residents um, you know that like you know cropping because a, num a number of these people came from southern states so they it was actually natural to say the least for you know families to go up north and establish a garden um, with you know vegetables fruits and such to then sell or to provide yeah I like that and, and I think what I'm hearing about those options are you kind of creating your own options you're giving yourself some more options compared to what has been laid out 
um, by whoever the powers that be or whoever is making the decision of like, should there be a supermarket in this area? For whatever reason, they decide it's not either profitable because it's capitalism or it's mm-hmm. not advantageous to do. Um, the community is kind of going through their own channels to make sure they're getting what they're getting. Because like you said, it's like, even if you take this for now or for ourselves, any, I hate, I hate the, the concept of grocery shopping. That's just, let me just, it's like, I'm taking time. Even if the store is right five minutes away. Yes. I have to get up. I have to get ready. I have to go. First of all, uh, let's take a step back. I don't like cooking. I think I've said this almost every episode. Okay. <laughs> um, so the constant, they thought of, I have to get up and like actively think about how to cook for like myself. Um, mm-hmm. I don't get enjoyment of like figuring out recipes and the puzzle pieces. I'm just like, just give me whatever calories I need. So that's step one. Step two is like, I have to get up and go to the grocery store. Um, and I currently do not have a car. So I have to either mm-hmm. use public transportation or have to walk. And like you said, that's just like adding extra burdens um, for for myself to get there, to get it done. And I'm privileged enough to live close to mine. So I'm walking distance. I'm like maybe five, seven minutes walk. But if there's a not, if I live in an area where it's 20, 30, 40 minute walk or a reliable, unreliable bus or train that will take an hour, that that's two hours plus actually doing the grocery shopping, which you don't even know if you, they have the stuff you need. So you might have to go to multiple places. That, t- that takes a lot of energy out of someone, especially if you're on a busy Sunday or you maybe have to do, go to work that day. Um, it's just, there is a space where, and I, I can admit I've even thought of it in the beginning of my wellness journey. It's just like, why are people the, the classic, why not just buy a salad um, argument? Or why why do you need to have, why do you have to go to, let's say a McDonald's or a Popeye's to get the dinner for the family? Well, it's a choice, right? And when you, you don't have many options around, that's the choice. That the best choice, I think you're using the best tool that you have at the moment. That might be someone's best tool um, when you think of, like you said, the full aspect of someone's life. Like it's not just looking at that one meal and saying, why didn't they pick this over this? But when you talk about, oh, they're working five jobs, they don't have support. Um, they don't have time to make a meal that takes an hour to make. Um, they have to feed you know, whoever is in their family or extended family. That choice was there and they made it because that's what they had to do. So that's a long rant, but I think it's when you kind of take a step back, there are so many things that go into making these choices. Um, and sometimes people are just doing whatever they think is the best option at the moment um, for the time and resources that they have. Correct. It's it's a choice. You only have the information available to you at that time, at any given time. And the information that, that's, that was a constant that is a constant, um, you know, decision-making process for people, for um, individuals in Deanwood has been, what's the best, and it, first, how do I consider, what do I consider, you know, the best food for my, for my, for my body mm-hmm. at the moment? And whatever that is, do I find that at McDonald's or Burger King, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it, again, as we, as we're, laying out it's just a number of things that go into just that decision of what do i eat tonight and so many of the of the larger there are so many other like you said larger powers that are already inflicting and making that decision in some cases a, a, um, a lose-lose are at the start right that's unfortunate but i want to say on one end you do have a uh you do have a decision is you know i'll just go to a fast food restaurant and you know have, you know, have this meal that will accumulate in my body over time. That probably isn't the best option. But another option is let's create a garden. Let let me create my own food sustenance. Let me, you know, let me, you know, uh, go somewhere else. Or let me start, let me create my own grocery store for my family. And now it's a business option. So there, are, so there and that's what uh, Reese highlighted here in this book is that there are um, a community garden and the community market were, you know, a, a sense of hopefulness, of resilience, where African-Americans in this community, they say, you know what, we want to take this in our hands. We know this isn't right. And when you say, and we look at food, it takes away all of that work that was done. Mm-hmm. Again, there were a number of uh, stories from individuals who went to the market and they, they mentioned 
how they loved not only receiving the foods that they need, but it built community. You know, you're getting, so you're not just feeding your body, you're feeding your soul, you're feeding your community, you're feeding your spirit, your spiritual sense when you're going to these markets and communities because you know, you know, that felt good. I know, um, I've read one woman, she, she felt good just being able to build a, a relationship with, you know, one mm. of the managers of the markets because, you know, it made it better. Uh, so that's a val valuable critique um, that I appreciated from this book as well is that, you know, you get a lot more when you're building, when, you, when you're able to, you know, find a, a glimpse of hope in such a dismal situation. Um, With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus go ahead yeah, and I, and I think that kind of brings me back to the, the term food desert and just like how even if you compare that story, if someone's like, yeah, yeah, that's cool and all, but you still live in a food desert, it kind of puts a slap in the face of just like, this is all the work I'm doing for me and my community. Mm -hmm. And yet after all of that, you still want to put this label that is not getting the full picture. Um, well, it's disheartening. Um, but it is. I and think it, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say like, it, it's it's almost like a catch-22 because although there is this level of resilience, right? And, and I want you to think about this, not just in the scape of Dean Wood's food inequality, but on a number of black um, topics at hand, but you know, although there is this level of resilience, we also have to like critically critique, like how is this how is this affecting like the larger community as well? Like, mm. and um, like, are we really redistributing? In this instance, are we re uh, for the community of Inwood? Um, although we have this market in place and this garden in place, are people going to these markets and gardens compared to the grocery stores that are thirty minutes away? Is it like, is it providing the the long term changes that we need to so people? So the community can, the community can feel better. Are we, you know, redistributing the wealth in the community, creating markets and um, gardens? And a number of people were. It was almost like half and half of stories. People felt it was great to have, but they were like, "I love going to the market to consult and meet my neighbors, but I still go elsewhere." So it's it's like <laughs> it's hard. It's it's just a complex, you know, living situation for these individuals and dealing with because. They have to, it's almost like, you know, you're fighting between what you need, but also what feels right. Mm -hmm. So I found that very interesting. I like that. All right. So maybe you want to get into the themes. Um, let's kind of dive deeper into that. Sure. So the biggest themes that we got from this, of course, we, we mentioned the food deserts, but also black agency. Mm. That was something I really felt was a huge theme and, you know, um, um, out the the community's um, assertion and assertiveness to know where they stand in this grand scheme of of this you know of DC of DC and Washington just knowing you know their place in their community. Interesting. So when I hear black agency, it invokes something in me. So I'm very curious as to what you hear when you hear black agency. So when I think of, when I have like a word like that, I always look it up. I'm just a nerd like that. But the definition of agency is action or intervention or intervention, especially such to produce a particular effect. 
And when I hear the term black agency, I I think of influence. I think of um, motivation. I think of action. I think of like you know. I feel, I feel I feel like I feel like oh, I hate to say this, but it's like standing your ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't don't hold on to that term too much, but it's very much you know making a means of making a means of the situation you have at hand to essentially get the get the solution that you want. What do you think when you hear black agency? Um, I think it like like you were discussing it. It kind of it's it's more pervasive than this topic. Um, I think it's you see it in a lot of black culture um especially even now but it's just taking things into your own hands like kind of knowing that you have um this bad deck of cards given to you but taking the and you know there are options and there are ways of saying you know this is not right um and how do we like combat it but it's also taking uh the options that you do have and kind of making your own and using it to the best of your situation for you, not only you and your family, but the, for the community. So I see when I see agencies, just like, what can I do? What can we do right mm-hmm. now to keep not only survive, but to thrive, whether we're getting support from those that are outside the community or those that uh, are responsible for creating the harm. Um, okay. Like we're here right now, but what are we doing um, and taking it into our own hands? Correct. And, and go, along with taking situations in our own, own hands uh, is resilience. And mm-hmm. the definition I liked about resilience was the ability of a, subs- a substance or object to spring back, back into shape, elasticity. Mm-hmm. So it's when I think of Black resilience, I think of creativity. I think of, you know, genius that comes to mind. I think of, you know, almost toughness in a way, you know, being, you know, persevering, perseverance. That's, that's another word that I think of when it comes to resilience and how, you know, these two really do go hand in hand mm-hmm. um, in in complicated situations. Um, what do you think about, how did you feel about resilience? Uh, just keep on going. Um, the fail, you're gonna, you know, we've been saying, or I've been saying, um, this is like try season um try but tri if you want um but it's just keep on going even if you fail you try and fail just we are we have been born um with oppression and systemic uh issues or purposely um in our way blocking us but somehow ancestors continue to push forward and keep moving and putting self in in harm's way i just think of like harriet tubman going back and back and back um being resilient to keep on going uh for more people um for freedom i think of you know the the many people that have been jailed i'm thinking of like um the the countertop is it countertop the restaurant countertop um protests in the 50s and 60s uh i know there's probably a better term for it but um just going back even though you know it's going to happen right you you know the exactly what's going to happen or you have some ideas of the best case and worst case scenario neither of them are good scenarios but you just are keep being resilient and trying different ways um so i I think it's just something that we've unfortunately it's always been in our dna um and something that we've had to do but i think it just shows up in different areas of our life and it includes wellness I agree, and that's that's what I wanted to ask you. Have you used resilience or um, agency? How how do you see resilience and agency in your, Ooh. or have you how have you seen it in your fitness journey, back then and now? Ooh, that's a good one. Black agency or Joe's agency? Joe's agency. Yeah, I I, I, I let's put I can use both agency mine and blacks. Um, I think in the I think it was Joe's agency. Yeah, yeah. Because I think for me, there are a lot of scenarios where um, even like the beginning story of my journey is just trying to take things into my own hands after years of either having asthma and using medication or even um, recently, more recently, maybe a couple of years ago, I was on, I don't think many people know this, but I was on high blood pressure medicine because um, that runs in my family. 
um, and after a while deciding that I want to not use the pill, but try to try to get rid of the um, some of the underlying symptoms naturally, um, working with my doctor to get that done and being able to do that through diet and exercise. Um, so that's when I think of me taking agency, it's like think of those little situations where I can I see what's up against me and I see what the environment is producing for me. And it's kind of saying, okay, I see that happening. Now, what can I do to take um, action or take ownership of it? Um, and it's not always, because I think some in, in a weird way, the term agency gives you a feeling. So I'm thinking of like a Marvel movie where it's just, it feels like the ending is always going to be like this great, amazing plot. Like you found the princess or prince, like you, you've had a good, the good ending. Um, but it's not always like that. I think it comes with trials and tribulations. There are times where you'll take agency and the situation doesn't work out, um, which I think goes into the resilience part, right? I think that mm -hmm. that's where he's like, um, the resilience piece is the kind of like the afterwards of what happens with agencies. Um, so when it fails, um, I think sometimes folks, including myself, will you will take the agency and when it fails, they don't apply the second piece, which is the resilience. Mm -hmm. They'll take the agency and they'll do it and it's failed. You're like, all right, let me just go back to normal, what I'm used to, or let me go back to what isn't working, but you know, I'm more comfortable or it's more safe. When in mm -hmm. actuality, you kind of have to use them hand in hand um, to get the best outcome for not only you, but your family, friends, community. Yes. What about you? I, that was a lot, but uh, that's that was my long stream, stream of consciousness when it came to agency. This is your show, okay? Yes, it is, but you know, you you run in this. You can talk as much as you want. Okay. <laughs> oh, that, you had some great gems in there. Um, I can agree. Um, you know, agency, agency and resilience go together. I, that two things that I never realized really are compatible. Um, similar to you, <clears throat> all all of all of the things run in my family diabetes, high blood pressure, obesity, those things are, you know, things that I saw on um, a day-to-day -day growing up that were actually normalized in a way. And I, I've lived in a food geography that was similar uh, to, to Dingwood, to be frank. Um, you know, there were, there weren't many grocery stores. There weren't many sidewalks or, you know, walkable parks, mm -hmm. things, there weren't many things in place to you know, provide me with what I knew to be a better, a better way to live, a better way to eat, a better way to move. <clears throat> so um, now, um, I think just you know, choosing every day to do something or you know, eat um, is a way of me practicing both my agency um, and my self and my resilience, self resilience over a, a span of my thirty years of thirty years of living. Because you know, there was an option where I didn't have. It was a time when I didn't have options, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, my I'm from a working class family. So, you know, and knowing that there are still people in those situations, but you know, there are there are things you can do every every day. There are there are options. And even if that option is within yourself to change it. Um, and you know, that's that comes in play. That comes in play because the resilience of that could be, unfortunately, still having to go to a specialty shop. And now we have so many now we have the knowledge of so many, you know, diets. Um, you know, gluten-free um, um, and a number of health, we have more access to health resources as well mm -hmm. that will that may need you to build up your resilience. You know, you may, you may not, you may need to go to a, a doctor that you care about to get the information you need and then use that in your community or bring that to your community, bring it to your household. So um, yeah, in my, in my personal journey to get back on track, like, you know, it's definitely been an ongoing thing to use both my agency and building resilience in you know what I believe is what I need for my health goals or my fitness goals at, at that time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And so I think my question, and this might be a little, I don't know if this is controversial, but where are areas where you think black agency was, I want to say more prevalent once upon a time, but where do you see it being extra necessary in today's times? That is a loaded question. <laughs> I don't know how to frame it. If you give me a couple more seconds, I'll figure out how to, to break it down. But that's where my my mind is at now. Yeah, let's refine, refine the question for me so I can make sure I'm an, answering mm, okay. what you want. Are you saying that there are places where Black agency is missing? I don't think so. But I think they are... Where do, okay, where do you want to see it more highlighted or maybe showcased more? Because I think it's always there. Um, I think there are times, I think, because even when we're discussing it right now and you, mm-hmm. you kind of place it to me to answer the question, there are times where there's things I do that doesn't sound like it is, but it's actually, that's what it is. I'm taking agency for something. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's about where do you think it's not, maybe maybe it's not getting enough credit or where do you see or what are some examples of black agency now that you um are either proud of or that you think should be highlighted in general i hope that made more sense let's see (laughs) (laughs) let's see where this train goes yeah let's let's see um so i think agency happens on a number of levels Mm -hmm. It happens on a microscopic level, level of self. Um, what I choose every day, right? Um, do I run or do I do I walk to work or do I take my vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. That's a level of agency. I think agency can happen at a communal level. <clears throat> should we approve of or the community and city level? Um, should we approve of this new Popeyes? Megan the Stallion Popeyes to come into. You know, uh, <laughs> I was going to talk about that. But... <laughs> Should we approve of this um, Popeyes in our community or not? I think agency happens at, definitely at, at on an entrepreneurial level um, where you're asking, where can I have, where can I distribute? Where's my highest need? Where are my highest sense of customers? And it happens on, you know, a governmental and, you know, happens on a governmental level as well when policies are in place so i think agency happens on a lot of levels um where i think we should drive more agency i think it'll be helpful definitely on the higher tier because you know there is work being done on mm-hmm. in a number local. of like person yeah a lot of local projects and and just for the sake of this conversation i'll just use um the book right <laughs> um you know they have like the community garden and uh, the market, they are, they are smaller compared to, you know, restricting, you know, think about like redlining, those things are in place by, you know, higher entities. They could, those, if you are able to kind of create better and more just laws and policies to really form better communities and supply communities from that level down, like the work is already being done at the bottom, but let's like focus on the work at the top. So I mean, even I think this this podcast is a, a, a sense of agency where we're we're you know producing something to reshape the lives of you know our individuals and how we see health and wellness. So this is just a prime example. Um, but there you know is going to be a, a butterfly effect of how that agency you know how it grows and sometimes you know there there are limits to you know that effect and it's preventing it, but it, it it'll still prevail. That was such a good answer. You hit it from every angle. Did it? Did it answer the question? It sure did. Okay. I like that. Although <laughs> it, 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 it did move around, you, but you answered the question. It, it did answer the question. Like I said, I, this is your show. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, 
because I, I like I do agree with all your answers. I think for me, one of the key things that I think I um, am enjoying now, or maybe I'm more aware. Um, so to take a step back, I think for me, when I think of agency, I think of like you said, it's a this podcast is a prime example of just like what we're doing, but also it's an example because it's about in order for me to, to me to do for agency, you kind of have to take a step back and kind of look at the whole landscape, right? Because it's easy mm -hmm. to kind of just do the everyday mundane thing and get kind of get swept up in the everyday, I need to do this, I need to do this. And before you know it, you're just always like in this endless cycle of doing stuff. Uh, for mm -hmm. me, you have to kind of take a step back of like, this is the bigger picture and this is where I'm kind of inserting myself um, to get this done or to create this action or to create this change in my community or myself. Um, okay. And when I think of that, one thing that I think I am very cognizant of now or um, appreciative is and similar to this podcast and i think the book as well is the overarching theme of like storytelling um i think these last couple of years mm. or decades or i think over the last period of time i think when it comes to black people specifically there has been more of a intentionality about storytelling um yes. how we're going to tell the story um you know um who's like in charge of the story making sure everyone that's should be included in the story because it's once upon a time folks were left out of the narrative even the overarching black narrative there might not be the woman's perspective there might not be the queer perspective there might not be those that might be uh, disabled or uh, are from an immigrant background they might be stories that are missing um, and although those although some of those stories may not seem like the quote-unquote main story they actually add a lot of flavor if you think about food and um, they add the flavor or they're, they're the main part but they're sometimes mm -hmm. not seen as the uh the most sexiest part or or they're not the most dominant voice quote unquote so mm -hmm. i think that the storytelling piece even if you think about um so i'm thinking about the movie till that's coming out um mm -hmm. and i think the prime example of like you know or even all these like slave movies there's been a shift of like yes we know what that storyline is at the end of the day but now folks would say, okay, but there are stories within it that does not leave us in this endless hope, hopeless space from mm -hmm. hearing it, right? So I think Till, one of the things that I really enjoyed, I haven't seen the movie yet, but one of the things I've enjoyed from hearing about it is the fact that she said, the director said that it's going to be a focus on a lot on the joy piece of it. Um, and you're not going to see any forms of black destruction. I believe that's what she said. You're not going to see any form of black destruction or uh, any of that while on screen. Like, you know, it's, that's a part of the story, but that's not what this story is about. There's a different perspective. Um, I think it's a lot, it's coming from more from the mom's perspective and like her intentionality around some of her decisions and how she became such a uh, behemoth. No, not behemoth, but just like this monumental figure um, based off some of the quote unquote smaller decisions that she made. Um, that kind of trickled down to where we are today. So I think this, the storytelling aspect um, and everyone just knowing, I think that everyone has a story that needs to be told and being able to do it whatever way they see fit, where they see fit. I like that. We need to tell our stories. We have to. You have to. We have to. It's there. It's everyone has a story. And I think that's such a, that's a line that everyone always says, but it's so true. And it is not until we tell it that one, you, you, I think one, it becomes real. Mm -hmm. Although, you know, I'm not saying that if you don't tell whatever happens, is not real. But I think for you as a person, sometimes telling the story out loud is the difference between kind of just kind of living in your head and, and letting either fester or not celebrate it. Um, and two, I think it, it, it kind of one fills the space, the folks, the community with either hope or a lesson to be learned or just a sense of, of, like you said, community, there's, there's always, you know, that everyone has a story, but not all stories are, it's like, I want to say it's not original, but there are so many people going through what you're going through. Um, and you might not know it. Uh, and I think if we think about collectivism and, being community sometimes you need other people um with your story to either help you move on to your next chapter look at me getting to this book metaphor <laughs> move on to your next uh, chapter. <laughs> or to help you get through whatever you're going through um 
because you just need it or and I, this is more from my last therapy session uh or you just need help being celebrated right i think that's another part of a story sometimes folks aren't thinking about some of the small wins they've had but by telling your story you get to be upheld and and celebrated and cherished um in the way that only sometimes a community can do for you i know you said you got that from your last therapy session but yeah, i felt like yeah, you yeah. went you gave us all the sessions that was and it. That was i it. needed that so thank you <laughs> I was like, he'll be proud if he's listening. Like, this one's for you. For free. This one's for free. It's work. Uh, (laughs) So, should we write the book? Yeah, let's 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 jump into this. Let's uh, move on. So, okay. So this is so we talked about the topics. Now the actual book itself. I'm gonna give it two scores, but I'll let you go. You want to go first? You go first. You want to flip a coin? It doesn't matter. I'll go. I'll go. Okay, I'll go. go ahead. Go ahead. I'm gonna only give it one score, and I'm going to give it. Wait, is it still one through four? Yeah, one gem okay. or four gems. One is a nah. Four is like yes, give me more. So I'm gonna. Do we have partial gems? Oh, you about like to four? give me a seven point four? You're gonna be like a two point three seven five. You. That's exactly what I was going to research get. folks are crazy. I'll gonna, Y'all I'll just want it to the nearest tenth power. I was going to give it pie. Go ahead. Whatever is in your heart. 3.142. No. Um, I was going to give it like a two, two and a half. Okay. No, no. I'm just going to give it two whole gems. Okay. Positives. What I did enjoy about the book. Great information. Great perspective and great layout of... Uh, a great layout of the problem and also the resolution, but also a great critical critique critique of both, you know, the micro issues, food and equity, but also critiquing how our community, how the Deanwood community specifically are addressing it and if it's really providing change over time. Great things about the book. Oh, and lastly, the great stories. Like they have, if you don't read anything else from this book, like just read how read about the read the dean the words of the dean wood citizens and you'll really be you you'll it's just homely it gives that it gives it that like fictional kind of it gives just a, a soulful aspect to the book which i appreciate what i didn't like is that it is a heavy book mm. um it took me a while to really get through this book and i know at times i just need to put it down some parts i had to skip just because it was just so dense it isn't a leisure book it's a book where you go if you want knowledge um so in that regard I, I like i wouldn't necessarily recommend this to somebody unless i know like this is their this is their vibe this is what they live for um but i'll probably definitely like i said you know say here are some good i'll probably like put some uh, what is it some post-its in the book and mm-hmm. tell people to read it but i'm not i can't get this one as a christmas gift this year that is um that's literally that was my those are my thoughts um i think for me it was um so i think that's why i was gonna break it down to two scores so the first was gonna be like the actual like the story was good like the concept the ideas are good so that's what i was gonna give it a three but when it comes to like what we're doing here of just like trying to define the story it was just very dense i think there's another book what's the other book i would say it's about um it's like black people and like in the criminal justice system. What's the name of the new Jim Crow? Yes, that book. So that book is really good. It is. However, it took me at least four tries to finish it. It, I it did. I started. I stopped. I started, and I was just like each time I was like I'm not doing this anymore. It almost lost me. But when I finished it, I think when I got to a certain point, I was like I'm so glad I finished it. So I think I would rate this in the same sense of just like, it is very specific. It's very dense. It's not something, like you said, it's not like you'll, it's something that you have to like have your highlighter. You're looking for facts, like you're getting all these things. And usually I think for those type of books, it is for um, trying to learn and also try to implement or trying to figure out what you want to do next. It's not something where you just like, just, well, I don't want to speak for anyone, just to read, to read. Um, (laughs) But yeah that's for that i'll give it a two just because it's like the actual concept of the book but you know i don't want to it's just because that's not the concept that we want here 
Correct. And that's the thing. Um, so I don't want to take away from it. Correct. And two things. One, this was Dr. Reese's, like, PhD. This was her dissertation right. work. And she wrote it as that. So this is a dissertation. This is meant for <clears throat> educational, educational, um, educational purposes. The thing is, I think from, again, as we look for books and we want to discuss this with you all, the Obsidian community, we don't want it to be too heavy for you. We want right. y'all to go out and like, you know, seek the knowledge, but also, you know, go to, you know, do your daily task after. Right. <laughs> we don't want you to go back to school. So I think this is unless also, you want to. Unless you want to, because we're not here. We we support. We right. get to whatever you need to. So I think this is also a good note for us that we'll make sure that even if there are books like this, because I think there are books that are a little bit on the heavier side that we still want to able to discuss and use the research. We'll probably just layer it in to some of the other topics or books or articles that we have um, so that we can all enjoy it and get through it. Um, but yeah, I think I, overall, though, I do enjoy the topic. I do like the um, the idea of shifting the narrative, um, making sure that we're being very cognizant about the words we use, right? Because, um, you know, this, it's important that we are thinking about the whole scale of the people that we are. We wanted the betterment of their community, our community. Um, but also making sure that, you know, we are also including them, including us uh, in the decision-making skills or in the decision-making as well as the uh, naming, the ideation, just making sure we're not just putting on a label from 3,000 miles away and trying to diagnose it. I think that I think this also comes very close to, I don't know if you saw that article about um, in Harlem, how there's like this course in Columbia um, I think it's a public, what's the name when you design cities? What's that? Urban planning? Urban planning, yes. I think there's an urban planning either course or class in Columbia where they try to do something similar for Harlem. And because, you know, they're right oh, in Harlem. Right. And the folks are like, we don't, we didn't ask for this. <laughs> like, what? don't come here wow. trying to plan Harlem. Um, so it's a really good, it's very interesting because I think the point of the course and, you know, we'll, I'll, maybe we'll do another episode on this or figure out where to discuss it. The point of the course is to kind of use Harlem as an example. Um, and I think the kids have to like actually walk around, talk to the people that live in Harlem and try to figure out like, I guess, how to change the design or make it better or whatever that looks like. While, you, you know, it, you're kind of using someone's life, um, like it's not up to you to change. I don't know. It's just a weird feeling, especially if they're like, you're not from New York, you don't live in right. Harlem, but you're just going to school that happens to be close to Harlem, um, and you feel like you want to, and you have the, the, you feel like you have the agency. Yes, to, to, to change it when it's not up to you and it's not about you, and you didn't ask the right people about it if they want to be changed. Um, so that's why it gave a similar vibe. So I, th I, I say all that to say. Um, I like the, that concept of it, just making sure that everyone's involved in the decision-making skills and how we can make all of our lives better um, instead of trying to quote-unquote diagnose a problem from far away. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What are your, what are some takeaways slash <clears throat> thoughts um, about the book? Um, my takeaways are we are just a great set of people. <laughs> Amongst a lot of things, you know, we find a way to always make a way. And that's great. Uh, it made me very, it felt humbling to hear. It, I feel humbled to read Dr. Reese's research um, and how she connected with this community, <clears throat> the elders, as well as the the new, newer generations all of that I, I like from as a as a researcher and a scientist um it was i enjoyed you know how she went about this topic and what she learned from it so much i did you know research her more and she's coming she is working on a second book where she's actually providing solutions mm -hmm. to uh you know she wants to provide you know in-depth solutions now that she has more experience um on how to like remedy food equity so like i really i appreciated the book overall 
the last takeaway I got from this is tell your story. Mm. That's the biggest one. Just tell your story. Your your story is needed in any regard, whether it's in food equity, fitness, and health, whatever it is. But your story deserves to be told. Oh, I love that. All right. So I think that was a good way to close the library. But before we do that, is there anything that you want to say any shady comments to close the library down with anything that happened to you over the last few days or weeks that you wanted to discuss this is your opportunity any recommendations are you insinuating no i'm just, just okay are there any books that you're reading anything this oh is your time. oh are there any books that i'm reading what are you reading um, what are you reading what am i reading I'm trying to finish books um, that are on my shelf. Uh, I have Bro, that's been invested the goal of my in. Life. I've been invested in comic. I'm mean, not comic, graphic novels and comics lately. So I'm reading. Uh, I, I picked back up. This is called the Black Monday Murders. Ooh, what is, is that? It's just a is that really a graphic dark... novel? You said? Uh, pretty much. Yeah, I was like, you've been on your graphic novel. Yeah, this is yeah. Time. Yeah, so this is a graphic novel I'm reading now. Um, it's just some really dark, corrupt espionage in the financial industry. Um, it's super dark, but it's so good. Okay. Uh, high ratings. It's very. It's a complex story, um, and that's just my fictional thing. Um, but my nonfiction work I'm reading Angela Davis's "Our Prisons Ooh. Obsolete." Um, oh my goodness, I do have to share this. Um, this week, um, right now, I'm living, working, living, and working in San Francisco. I had the opportunity to um, attend a conversation um, promoting Jamel Hill's book, Uphill, I believe it's called. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend everyone to go get that book, just on how she talked about the relationships with the women in her life, her mother and her grandmother. Um, you know how she navigated the industry as a black woman in journalism, but also sports. Like mm -hmm. I am excited. I added that to my book. I, I added it to my list. It's pretty high. It's pretty high on my list. My list. I'll definitely read it during uh, my vacation, my next vacation. But I would love for everyone to read her book, um, Jamel Hill's Uphill. All right. Uh, yeah, though, I did have things to share. Damn, see, you. look at that. <laughs> Uh, let me see. Well, on my list, so I am reading, I'm almost done with The Four Agreements. So good. I see why people read that book annually. Um, definitely things that, you know, are things that are necessary. I think the book is about, um, no, I think the book is about, but it's like the focus is on like personal freedom and these four agreements that you should have with yourself as well as other agreements um, so that you're living your best life and personally free. Uh, so it's been a really good thing to read. I will definitely try to read this annually. Um, definitely gems that I think we talk about regularly. I think a lot of people probably know, but it's kind of when you put the those agreements in one spot um, and trying to figure out how you're going to implement it daily. Uh, that's where it gets it becomes a little bit more poignant. Um, so I've liked that. Almost done with that. I've also been as you anyone that knows or don't know. I'm very big on Afrofuturism. So I'm mm -hmm. reading two. There was this actually a really good list of books. Uh, if I find it, I'll share it. Uh, maybe it was, I think I'm pretty sure it was a TikTok of black, um, like supernatural, kind of on like the teenage. I love teen, like teen books. I feel like mm -hmm. those books are always, they are the best version of like simple enough for you to like read and understand, but they have some of the heaviest topics to talk about whether we're talking about like womanhood and like coming into your own i'm just like jeez oh, <laughs> these yes. kids are going through it so i love yes. reading those because it's like not too hard but it's also you get some really good lessons yes uh, so i'm reading one called beasts of prey by ayana gray um i'm listening to that um it's about you know being able to some folks black folks that have this gift of uh kind of talking to the earth um, kind of in the beginning, so I don't have too much detail on that. As well as I just finished The Daughters of Nuri, which is a similar vibe uh, about this two twins that were separated at birth. Um, they have special gifts. Um, like think of Avatar and supernatural gifts. And they kind of go through an evil king and things of that nature. So I've been pretty much trying to, for me, usually when I'm reading, I try to balance it out between a, a, uh, 
fiction and nonfiction. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I've been listening to. Um, shade. I feel like I have something shady to talk about before we close the library. Um, I have a quick, or oh, I have quick shade. Go for it, because I, I, I love how mine was. I love how you asked. What book are you reading? And we both gave three books. Oh, I don't believe just that. one. Like <laughs> we don't do clearly, right? But honestly, we can't finish books either. So I was oh, like, oh, that is well, I can't. self shade. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah. the amount of books on my bookshelf that I have not started yet, um, it's kind of sad. It makes me sad. But I love collecting them. I just, I actually put myself on a no. Do not buy any more books unless you read one. So it's like, read one and then you get to pick one. You don't but, love yourself. No, you buy all the books. I can't. I can't because last time when I moved, I've learned. I learned the issue with this. Heavy. As somebody who's heavy, moving now. Heavy. Oh. As somebody. Okay. Okay. A little flat. No. Okay. I, quite flat. This ain't my arena, but I still try. As somebody who is presently moving, traveling, and moving, books are the worst. It is. And you're like. Damn, I really don't want an electronic book, but I want to read this book, I but I don't want to carry it. I get you. The flow. Uh, what other things I had? Oh, so it was our, my birthday two weeks yes. ago. Yeah. Um, so that was fun. We were out there doing the Spartan race in Dallas, Texas, and then went to Houston. Um, I had a shady comment. I forgot what it was. See, this is how you know I'm not good at it. No, strike that. I'm good at it. I didn't have nothing on the top of my list. Um, I didn't prepare. Uh, but if you gave me some time, I could figure something out. But just write it in your journal. Go for it. You know what? That's right. I'll leave it and I'll also yeah. give it to my therapist if I need you to. Wasn't meant, you, it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant. It wasn't meant. That's that's, it. I love that mentality. Yeah, what was your last thing before? It's going to come as soon as you it stop sure is. As soon as like, I press the stop. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, we're going to start this up again. I want to add yeah. this. I, I, it's on your heart. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? <laughs> oh, we are too long. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> Actually, it was about to be about my dog, but she's here watching, so I'm not gonna use it today. Uh, you did have one more thing you want to say, or or did I interrupt? Oh, I was gonna ask you, did you do any? Have you done any races lately? But you mentioned you did. We got the Spartans, and we did that. It was a great time. Um, and maybe we could talk about. I think we should do an episode about um, races that we've done this year and some reviews. Um, right. I, tried, I did a little bit on the last episode, but I would like to do a little bit more debrief and get more. Actually, I might. You know what? Let me save this because people might say no. Um, so I did that. Then I have some more races in Florida in December. If I don't push it out. Um, we'll see how that goes. And then next year, you know, as I said, this is try season T R Y. Everyone should be on it. Um, but I'm trying to learn to, I'm, I'm learning to swim. I'm taking swimming classes in January. So I'm excited about that to start my swimming journey again. And I'm trying to do a trial in 2023. Yes. Yes. That is what you need to chronicle. Your first try. Oh, baby. Gee. All right. That's, that's we'll the see. story. I'll, there might be a lot of cursing involved because the way it the is. swimming is set up. It, it, you, okay, promise me this. We have to record after your first open water swim. I don't need... I know that's a long way away. Just just agree to it All now. Right. I've heard okay, some things heard about that. it. That's I've exactly what we're going to talk about. Open water. All right, we'll be ready to chat. You forgot I was there. I... <laughs> I, I almost wasn't meant to be. I, I probably almost. This was supposed to be. This could have been an in remembrance episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. Oh man! All right, now I'm excited. Not yeah. really. No, I, I'm. I gotta figure it out how to get all this body out in this pool across this pool. Once I do that, it's over for all y'all. Let me tell you this. <laughs> I think I've said this before, but you know, honestly, the main thing about swimming is I just want to go to on travel excursions and not be the guy with the life life vest i want to be able to you know jump off the waterfall without that life vest meant for a three-year-old so you know it's the little things are people jumping off waterfalls for life vests i did it when i was in dr how unsafe is that it wasn't a big one it was a really small one that is dangerous oh well I could have had it in remembrance as well. But here I am. 
because the the you're going down the, the oh, life that's trying to keep you up the buoyancy so you're forcing your way down unless you like you know it's a certain way you just oh yeah that, yeah yeah we're doing that oh, okay yeah, yeah it wasn't an open it was you have to there's a full instructions they were okay. they were not I'm, they were not irresponsible they were i'm nice. thinking of you backflipping oh, no. off a waterfall now that I think about it, they did give us alcohol and it was like a breakfast excursion. So I don't know if it was the safest excursion, but they did give us instructions about that. That was actually kind of dangerous. You know, now that I really think about that trip, I feel like we also saw a cockfight. And I think that's illegal in certain places. But you know what? We'll I can already tell what this was. And, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, this is an experience. I was on the back of a pickup truck. It was a weird thing. Anyway, on that note, I think we <laughs> we have gone on a full journey through food deserts and back from the US to DR. Um, So that's all I have. (laughs) That was a moment. Anything else? That's it. Love y'all. I can't wait to hear from y'all again. Appreciate y'all. See you on the next episode. And as we like to say, thank you for picking you. Oh, Ginger, stop. Okay. Bye, (laughs) y'all.